Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with one rental at a time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag one rental at a time. Now on with the show. Good morning, good afternoon, it's Michael Zuber, One Rental at a Time. And as promised, we're going to talk about the Fed pivot. Taylor, what's going on, man? The yield curve inversion, I think it got as high as 0.82 was the highest I saw. I think it's currently sitting at about 0.7. Uh, this is saying that the Fed's going to have to cut. I have many, many, many people on my channel saying the Fed's going to cut rates in Q1. I don't see it. I don't believe it. But damn, the bond market does. Q1, that's that's quick. That's quick. I, I don't necessarily think that there's much that could play out that could cause them to revert this thing back downwards in Q1. And that labor print that we just got last week definitely mm. does not say, hey, there's a pivot coming. It says, watch out. We don't necessarily know if inflation is behind us at this point. So I think that uh, to avoid a 1970s type scenario, the last thing the Fed wants to do is say, go ahead and cut rates here in Q1. This thing's behind us. Don't worry. Inflation's taken care of. Yeah. So the other thing I want to talk about is Wednesday last week, Powell talked and the stock market took off. Oh, they love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, in my opinion, he was just about as hawkish as he was in previous, previous meetings, higher, longer, slower, slower. He did did take a victory. Yeah, I don't like slower. I'm a rip the band-aids off guy. I hate one hair at a time, but I think we're going to yeah. get slower. Yeah. So what I think happened last Wednesday, which I did not appreciate until the next day when I thought about it, is what I think Powell did on purpose or not is I think he took the upper bounds of the Fed funds rate or overnight rate off the table. Because I think Bullard dropped a bomb the week before saying we could have to go to seven, the Taylor rule, blah, 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 seven, and then six. I think what Powell did last week is he said, we're going higher than you expect. We're staying there, but we're not going to six or seven. He never said that, but I think that's what came off the table. And I think market doesn't like uncertainty. And that's why I think the 10 year note came down so much is because these upper bounds came off the table. What do you, what do you think about that? I think you hit the nail on the head. I really Mm, do. Yes. I think, I like you. I like being right. (laughs) No, I I really do. I think that um, he said it's going higher. He said it's going to stay there longer. Two bad things. He did say it was going to get there slower, which the market liked. But at the end of the day, the the, Bullard's a hawk. Bullard's the hawk of hawks. So he's going to say seven, eight percent. And actually, and, and this was commented on video one a little bit. It's not to say that I don't see any scenario that plays out where Bullard is absolutely incorrect. There is the the, the, the thought, at least in, in a small percentage, and I, I call it only 10 or 15% chance, that we are in this kind of 1970s type inflationary market, that this thing's just taking hold, we can't get it under control, and rates have to continue to go up. Because I do feel, and I think that with a lot of conviction, that the Fed is not going to cut until this is very, very, very clearly behind us. 
Runaway inflation is a scary thing that the Fed wants nothing to do with. We dealt with in the 70s and the early 80s. They said, we're not going back there. That is goal number one. So when this becomes very clear and very transparent that inflation is behind us, and for the record, I do think peak inflation is behind us. So I do think this will be realized at some point next year, but they will not cut rates until it is ultra apparent to them. Yeah, when I look at this Fed pivot that the market so desperately wants, and some people think it's happening in Q1 because of bond rates, which I just don't see. I do think I do see my call of, of the next Fed rate hike still being accurate. I think we get 50 next week, and then I think we get 25 every subsequent meeting. I, I think it was Bernanke that hit us with like 17 25s in a row. I think all we get after December 14th is 25s. It'll well we're tinkering or you know whatever freaking little word they want to use. But ultimately I think I think um terminal rates five percent. Yeah. Think? I, I, I think that's probably the the, the really good over under. I, I would take the under on that. Um but I okay. don't think it's meaningfully under. I mean we're at four right now. So that's only to say that we're gonna get fifty and then twenty-five. Um but it might very well go fifty pause twenty-five, right? They're saying yeah. that they're gonna do things more slowly. Yeah, I, I, I think I again, I think you, I mean, anything's possible, right? We're just two random guys guessing. I don't think Powell would have a pause after a 50. I think he wants to show steps. 75, 50, yep. 25. Right? And you're right. As I say that aloud, that, that probably doesn't come off well, because probably what would happen there and, and not market would race higher, right? Boom, bang off to the races. Yeah, yeah. we're done. Yeah. We're done early. Yeah. No. You see that? It took you four words to convince me I was wrong. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> but, but you're right. It would. The market would digest that poorly, probably, and things would be off to the races. And probably what would have to happen would, would be some really weak data came in in order for that, that to be caused. But I, I do think they're prepping us oh, for, no, for that sure. inevitable change that's coming. Um, I think in the, the last Fed rate increase, because I think it could go 50, 25. I think to get to five, I think we have to go. 50, 25, 25, 25, right? Because I think- we're Yeah, we need 100 basis points. We're, we're we 3, 7, 5 to 4 right now. So we need okay, 100 so, basis points. So yeah, so we need 50, 25, 25. Yep. So that would be March. Yep. I could see that. That's that's yeah, my base yeah, case. Yeah, that, that seems like the most logical. I, I, you know, I didn't look at Fed funds rates. Sometimes I do prior to this, the, the forward rates. I would say without, without having looked that that's probably the expectation that's baked into the market right now. And yeah. if we get data in one direction or the other- you know, then they have to adjust from there and the market reacts accordingly. If they have to go higher, the market will react downwards and, and vice versa. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's where we are. So again, I don't see a Fed. I And then the last thing I'll say is I don't see the Fed cutting at all next year. I do not see a cut next year. I think the recession that we will have is like 1969 or 70. I think the Fed can tolerate 1% negative GDP. They can tolerate four and a half or 5% unemployment. And I think that's what 2023 is. I, so, so I'll take the other side of that. I do think we get a cut towards the end of 2023. Um, historically, what we've seen is when the feds raises and then stops about six months later, they get a cut. And that's not even necessarily why I'm saying this. I just think that the lag effect of the raises that we've gotten mm. have not fully matriculated into the market. And then it will continue to slow things down at the rate that they're slowing down right now. If not in a, you know, in a, accelerated deceleration wow yikes yeah <laughs> uh, the, the deceleration will speed it. up uh, yeah, yeah yeah exactly so i think you'll you'll see a, a little bit more of a slowdown and i do think the fed will step in and and cut um but i i will also say this 
that with the strength of the labor market that we've seen and the persistent strength of the labor market, my conviction in that thought is getting less and less. Yeah, so let me put it this way. If, we, if next year is a recession called, but it's a 1969-style sub-1%, is that bad enough to cause the Fed to cut rates? Probably not. Probably not. I I, I think it depends, you know, the the duration of it, the duration of it matters, how quickly it moves matters. Rate of change is is the biggest thing that matters in the economy in general. So I I don't have a great answer to that. You know, if it it kind of moves down to 0.6, 0.9 negative, and then kind of reverts back up. No, it probably doesn't. We probably can keep them where they're at. And would that be the worst thing in the world for the market? I don't think so. No. And, yeah. and and I think that you will get a moderation in, in things like mortgage rates um, if we get that. Because, again, mortgage rates are setting off of future expectations that rates continue to go higher. So that ticks back down. If we get moderating GDP or negative GDP, the market's going to go – the Fed might have to cut. If not, they definitely can't continue to go higher from here. And then you get that settled down in mortgage rates and some normalization. Yeah. And there. then And then banks will collapse the spread because, again, one of the reasons we had is this huge spread because banks were seeing 6 7 as possible and all that refi risk. That just collapses because the mortgage – it's just – it all feels like, you know, 2023 is just going to be a year of chilling out, cooling off, and and – Getting yeah, back in to a, a reset, place. right? A reset. Yeah. You know, like you think about, a, you know, like an NFL team is a rebuilding year. We have to, you know, trade away a bunch of players to get in a bunch of new ones in the draft next year because we're just going to try to set the base from here. And I think yeah. that that's a, a really good way to, to, to think about it. And I think that from an investment standpoint, which is how we look at things as investors, is I think the market's got worse expectations than that. And so with worse expectations than that, I think you do get positive returns in the stock market next year. Um, I'm not saying wildly, you know, so here's an interesting way of looking at things. Consumer confidence is the ultimate contra indicator, right? So it's an inverse indicator. So there's a really good graph that's in the JP Morgan slide. We'll, We'll do something on our Instagram thing here soon because I think this makes sense, but it shows high water marks over the last eight market cycles. At the high water mark of consumer confidence, the subsequent 12-month period averaged an S&P 4% return, which is meaningfully below. It's about 40% of its long-term average. And 50% of the time, it was negative. Hmm. On the inverse of that, we are on the bottom. We are at ultimate pessimism right now when it comes to consumer confidence. I'll let you venture a guess here because it's a big number, I'll tell you. So over the next, or I'm sorry, over those eight periods where consumer confidence troughed, the subsequent 12-month period, where do you think the market was up? 42%. Not that much. That's crazy. Ah, <laughs> 25%. Oh, I was going to guess 20 until you told me it's a big-ass number, so I let you <laughs> I let you anchor me higher. I know. I did. I did. I got you. So, but here's the other stat on that. The worst year ever in that period of trough pessimism over the next 12 months, 14% return. That's the worst. So, like, and again – there are things that could throw this. Dude, off I love and- buying when everybody's scared. I mean, I I've been doing that the last twenty years of my life. I'm doing it now. It's awesome. I was gonna say you're doing it right now, case in point. I buy exactly. I buy. Yeah, I bought Meadow when it was scared. J.P. Morgan was crazy. I just bought some more Blackstone, buying a second tranche of that. I just I'm closing on another house tomorrow. Dude, I love buying when everybody's scared. It's awesome. I love it. I love to hear it because not many people are able to do it. The stomach is, you know, the stomach is tough on investors. I like standing alone. I hate crowds, at least from an investing standpoint. I freaking hate crowds. All of you crowd people run the wrong way. 
It's crazy. Exactly right. That's exactly Taylor, right. where can people find you? Yeah, find us on on uh, Instagram at Life Goal Investments. So it's at Life Goal Investments. Um, Do me a favor, again, follow him. Let you know you came from one rental at a time. I'd love love for him to know that people uh, have been doing that. People have awesome. been doing that. So I appreciate the channel so much. Thank you all for listening. We appreciate you guys. Awesome. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, Michael.